It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VSIN Tonight with veteran handicappers Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, let's start golf betting. Got plenty of uh, football betting and basketball in this uh, final hour tonight as well. But Wes Reynolds, one of our favorite stops on the West Coast Swing. Tory Pines, Farmers Insurance Open, north of uh, San Diego this weekend, and um, Xander Shoffley, the favorite right now at DraftKings at nine to one. Patrick Cantlay, Colin Morikawa, the second choice, defending champ Max Homa, also up there in the top five on the odds board this week. A lot to talk about here. I was surprised, actually. This is not an elevated event on the PGA Tour. No, uh, uh, they switched it around. Uh, well, Pebble Beach has now got elevated status. Uh, so uh, that's why uh, Justin Thomas, who played very well last week at the American Express, uh, did withdraw here uh, from Torrey Pines this week. But, yeah, top of the board, uh, Xander Schauffele, who I, I believe finished tied for third at the American Express, uh, just didn't make that birdie at 17 to put any pressure on. Uh, but uh, – History was made uh, this weekend at the American Express as we had a 20-year-old amateur. Nick Dunlap, an amateur, wins at 29 under. Now, the Westgate Superbook had pre-tournament odds on Dunlap of 350 to 1. I think there were higher odds out there on Dunlap. I think circuit behind us was at about uh, uh, 400. Right. Did you consider Dunlap? And not that I, this kid comes out of nowhere. If you know golf betting, you know a little bit about. No, Dunlap. I mean I knew who he was. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't consider him uh, betting him, and perhaps I should have because this is such a <laughs> wide open event. Right. You know where where it's not always chalk, even though it was chalk last year with John Rahm. But yeah, this kid uh, Dunlap is the only other player other than Tiger Woods to win both the U.S. Junior Amateur and the U.S. Amateur. So he is currently, by the way exempt into the masters into the u.s open and also into the open championship he could if he wanted to because he did win this event he could take pga tour membership right now and he's exempt that he'd be exempt through the end of uh, i believe uh 2026 why would but, he do that well he's elected to go home he actually was in the field this week at tory pines i think he was 150 to 1 when i looked this morning <laughs> he put out a statement elected to withdraw go back he's a sophomore at the university of alabama the alabama golf coach was out there uh you know in the gallery with him of course watching also justin thomas who was one of his former players and he uh, dunlap was paired with burns and thomas if you didn't see it over the weekend or were focused on the football sam burns had the one shot lead or dunlap tied him i believe at 16 sam burns goes in the water on the par 317. You know who that like- upset? Will Hill of V-Sin because he had, I believe he bet Sam Burns, and uh, that was a choke. A couple of the guys on the Long Shots crew, not me, uh, 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 did have uh, Sam Burns on the outright. Uh, I already had my runner-up with Adrian Moronk over there losing to Rory in Dubai. But anywho, uh, yeah, going back to this, Dunlap, I think what he's going to do is he's going to go back to Alabama because he do- doesn't just go to college there. He's from the state, so that's his home. And Probably going to play that college season, I would think. Maybe try to win an NCAA championship. Keep his eligibility for the majors. 
And then after the Open Championship, he can turn pro in the summer, and he's got two-year exemption through 2026. That gets him in Kapalua. That gets him in the century next year. I think that gets him into perhaps some elevated events. So I think he is going to turn pro late in the summer. I don't expect it. It could be today. He could have said, yeah, I'm done at Alabama. I'm coming out here on the tour at 20 years old. I'm sure his golf coach – Tuscaloosa is trying to talk him into. You yeah, know, let's let's win a national championship here. There's the value of staying in school a little bit, a little while longer, remaining an amateur. Anyway. They actually, I was uh, watching some of the coverage, and they actually had Saban call in on the phone, really, uh, because he's good buddies with that uh, Alabama golf coach. And yeah, look, to be able to do that though against Sam Burns and Justin Thomas, these are two proven winners on the PGA Tour. Nick and Saban was sitting back watching the golf tournament. Nick Saban was apparently it? was watching the golf and not the football. <laughs> Saban does play a little golf, believe he it or does. not. He's not totally consumed by football. He actually does hit the golf course occasionally. Yeah, I know. Some of these guys, yeah. man, it's like all, you can't be all ball all the time. All right, so looking at uh, Torrey Pines and the Farmers Insurance Open, one of my favorite tournaments, I'm going to try to go down there Saturday. And this is a Wednesday to Saturday tournament. Yeah. Because yeah. of the football games on Sunday and the network you know, at CBS doesn't want to compete with No, football, they do right? not. And, and I'm guessing uh, because it's going to be in Baltimore, uh, old uh, Jim Nance is not going to be in the 18th Tower at Torrey no. Pines. No, he's not. Uh, how about Jason Day? I bet him before. He's a former winner at this. I had him the year he won, mm-hmm. Wes. It kind of feels like Jason Day's making a little bit of a comeback. He is. Uh, now, Now the price is a little bit short about here 25 at, to at 25 to 1. He is a former winner here. If you look at a form sheet, and I'll have the trends up in my vcin.com piece, uh, Day, of course, has won here twice, 2015 and 2018. Third here in 2022, runner-up in 2014, seventh here last year. The trends are going to tell you that usually it's a more experienced shoe that, that goes ahead and win and wins this thing. I'll just go through a couple of them. Uh, 20 of the last 22 winners, uh, 27 or older. Uh, 14 of the last 19 ranked in the top 33 in the official world golf ranking. 26 of the last 30 had at least four previous PGA Tour career wins. So usually you don't get a lot of young guys here. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people that love Ludwig Aubert this week. And look, Ludwig... His game would totally fit this course. He's long, and you have to be. He's a good driver of the golf ball. Two courses here, by the way. It's going to be the north course at uh, the Tom Weiskopf design, which is about 72.50 and change. Torrey Pines is close to 7,800 yards, and it's going to play even longer because the rough is going to be thick, and they've had rain. So you think, oh, that's going to soften the course. It actually, the roll is not as much in the fairway here, the way this is done. So you're going to have four-inch thick rough, I think this is going to play tough. I think the North course, which is a substantially easier of the two courses, usually by about two, two and a half shots on average, that's going to be tougher because they're growing that rough out to four inches this year. <clears throat> Ever tell you a story about how I was on pace to set the course record at the Torrey Pines North course? I've never heard of this. Played there, played there about seven or eight years ago. And then I got to the second tee lesson <laughs> and I went all downhill. Birdie the first hole. <laughs> on pace to set the course record. There we go, man. Six, 63 is coming. Yeah. Uh, you know, look at look out, John Rom. Or I, I actually believe who does have the uh, uh, soft course record because I did a little bit of my write up today, and we'll have to finish it up tonight. You were you were you were you were on Tiger's Trail, man. 62 uh-huh. in the third round in 1999 at the South Course. Didn't keep up that birdie per hole pace. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. Sahith Thagala, a guy, the last time I cashed a futures bet in golf was way back. I haven't bet a lot mm-hmm. uh, since the end of uh, August. But Sahith Thagala, remember he won in California in mid- middle of September? Yes. I followed Thagala last year on the North Course a little bit when I was down at Torrey Pines, and he was playing well. Uh, I think he's a better player than he was a year ago at this time. At DraftKings and Circa right now, Thagala is at 35-1. to 1. I think that might be a player you can consider this yeah, week. Yeah, I, I was looking at him, and, and I, I haven't finished uh, what I'm going to do yet. Uh, I'm, it'll be in the article. Uh, we do uh, record. We're recording long shots earlier because this is a Wednesday uh, start, so we got to get that out a little bit earlier in the day. But uh, 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 a, a guy that wasn't great last week, he made the cut, got in the top 30, but here's a guy that's got good form here is Tony Finau. I think this is a good course for Tony. He was ninth last year, second in 2021, sixth in 2020, sixth in 2018, fourth in 2017. Tony Finau's got a, has good form here. So does Keegan Bradley. Justin Rose also has very good form here, former winner. 
And then there's another guy I'm going to consider, and I think his price has drifted above 50 to 1. Maybe Hideki Matsuyama. Hideki Matsuyama is a guy I think is going to make my card, and he fits that kind of older player that has won here. Because if you look, you've had Bombers win here. You've had guys with like really elite short games like Patrick Reed or Brant Snedeker. So there's a lot of different ways to, to, to win this event. But in terms of what I've seen so far, I've seen a lot of people like a couple of the young guns, uh, Ludwig Aubert, Minwoo Lee. I don't know if those guys are for me this week uh, necessarily. I, I like a little bit more experience. So mm-hmm. you mentioned about Day. He certainly fits the bill. Harris English. Another guy that fits the bill here, I think, that uh, that has played very well here. And, you know, you've got to be able to play the, these tough classical courses. Harris English has a runner-up here, has a third here a couple years ago. So uh, uh, that will certainly be attractive. Now, a lot of people will go to Will Zalatoris. Oh, not going to do it. I don't – I've got to see a little bit more out of Will Zalatoris. I see a uh, lot more. Yeah, he, he – look, he made the cut last week uh, at the, uh, at the uh, American Express, was 34th, but – I need to see a few good strings of starts out of Will's Alatoris. Two years ago, Willie Z went to the uh, back nine with a lead. He lost the playoff to Luke yeah. List. Who, yeah. uh, if you know anything about Luke List, he's not a great putter. Well, what do you do when you're not a great putter? You stiff it to about four feet on the playoff hole, and you make that birdie. Luke List uh, at 90-1 to 1 is getting a little bit of play, too, from what I've seen so There are a far. lot of guys here who've got good course history that you're going to be tempted to play because, yeah. hey, there's – there's going to be some long shots on this leaderboard. This there, there are, yeah. and I'm probably going to maybe have one or two longer guys, but I tend to think maybe we are going to get a chalkier winner this week because what have we had so far this year? We had long Chris, shots. Chris Kirk at yep. 200 to 1 at, at the uh, Century. Uh, uh, Grayson Murray was like around 300 or so at the, and actually maybe even higher at the Sony. So. I tend to think maybe we're getting a class player this week. Three bombs have hit so far. Yeah. In Hawaii and uh, the first stop in California on the West Coast Swing. All right, let's update uh, college hoops. Kansas 69-61 over Cincinnati. Bearcats at the free throw line with 35 seconds to go. If you laid the points with Kansas, you got to be a little bit eh, – you're a little bit lucky to be up eight, but Hunter Dickinson just missed a bunny on a putback. And now the Bearcats got a shot to cover here with a couple of free throws and – they're going to foul, you would think. Yeah, after this. this is going to be foul city till the end because this could still cut it to uh, two posi- uh, possessions here. But story of the night for KU has been this kid, Johnny Furphy from Australia, 22 points and 11 rebounds. Uh, we're talking about, hey, you know, this team doesn't really have a lot of shooting. Johnny Furphy, 7 of 7 from the floor tonight, 3 of 3 from the uh, 3 uh, tonight. No bench points, by the way, for Kansas. All these starters have gone 30-plus minutes. So let that be a note to some of these coaches. It's like, okay, you don't have to have so much load management here in college basketball. It's not an 82-game season, Mike Woodson. This is about a 35-game season. That's one thing. Kansas doesn't have a – this is not a deep Kansas team. Jayhawks having trouble inbounding the ball here, too. Up six with 35 seconds to go. Back here in a couple minutes on VSIN tonight. Attention, all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith 
When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. You can put the VSIN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VSIN Pro subscription. If you sign up on an annual subscription, you get your first year for only $199. You can use promo code tonight, get access to everything on the vsin.com website, which has a new look. You're going to get the daily best bets, the betting splits, show you where the money and the bets are moving. For all the games, 24-7 video access. Remember to use promo code tonight. It's your first year of vSIM Pro Access for only $199. vSIM.com slash subscribe. Johnny Furfree of the Jayhawks is why I think hit one of two yep. and put Kansas up 72-65, seven-point game. And uh, Number in the balance here, 18.7 yeah. uh, left to go. Uh, closing number. Lowest seven and a half. I did see an eight and a half actually here in Las Vegas at, at the close. I think this was a, I think there was a nine somewhere overnight. It was a nine overnight, seven and a half. The, I think seven might have been the low point, right? Mm-hmm. In a couple mm-hmm. spots. So this number between seven and nine, mostly seven and a half, eight, eight and a half. Kansas up seven. Cincinnati ball. I would think if the Bearcats miss here, they're not going to foul. Yeah, yeah, if we shall see. The po- if you laid the points, you're going to hope for a foul yeah. if you get a miss. Up seven. It's crazy that these end games and the way they works, way they work out sometimes. But college teams a lot of times will foul till the bitter end. I talked about the game that uh, was so annoying to watch was um, Georgia Tech Nevada in the mm-hmm. Diamond Head Classic final. Mm-hmm. It was a six point game. Georgia Tech missed a shot, and the kid runs in and fouls for no reason. With one second left, he didn't even try to steal the ball. He just ran in and fouled. Yeah. Look, man, you can't overcome a six-point deficit in one second. Don't foul with one second to go. Nevada hit both free throws, covered to six and a half to win by eight. So it's not going to surprise you a bit here. If you've got the Bearcats and the points, if they miss a shot and then foul, and Kansas has got two free throws to cover the And number. down seven, Wes Miller is certainly, you would think, going to set up a three here. Uh, uh, with Day uh, Day uh, Thomas, by the way, has already fouled out of the game. So you got to think, uh, uh, Lacosis, uh, who Lacosius, who you remember was at Butler, he's about a 36% three point shooter. Uh, uh, Dan Skillings has been their hot guy tonight. He's only 31%, or John Newman, 37.5%. I mean, you can't really go for twos here. You get you got to shoot a three when you're when you're down seven. Uh, so got to think that that's what Wes Miller and company are going to go ahead and sit up or uh, set up. Uh, the big man Victor Locken uh, is going to be the inbounder. Wes, if they go for two, I would be stunned. You got to shoot a three here. Which they did. He takes a, he takes a, a mid range two a off balance two. and he hits it. A mid-range two and makes it. Doesn't it seem like, That's Matt, a terrible shot, and, and, and you bet these and, and watch these till the end as well, doesn't it seem like the worst shots always go in at the end, especially if you, like, have an under on a total? They don't make this crap all game, oh, no. and then they'll throw it in, like, off balance across their body, and it's nothing but net. That was a really poor mid-range jumper. Oh, that was an awful shot. shot. And a dump shot when you're down seven with that much time, you've got to take threes. Yeah. You're not going to win the game. You're not going yeah, and, and to come back on twos. And Kansas defended it uh, very well yeah. uh, to their credit uh, there. So uh, they're, they're showing the uh, Australian Johnny Furphy 23-11 and 11 tonight as it is, uh, I believe, Omarco Jackson, the freshman at the line. So... Cincinnati, uh, I, I think with uh, 12 seconds left to go, 
just chuck a three, and if you miss, you miss, you don't foul. So uh, uh, we shall see. Guys, I'm, I'm just noticing a player for Cincinnati, uh, Jizzle James, if that name is not familiar to you, that Edrin is James. Edrin James's son, who won them that game at BYU, by the way. He's the kid that turned the game, and I think he is driving in and takes a mid-range oh my and gosh. hits it. Bearcats so, just shot Bearcats, another mid-range. Bearcats show. know the number. They're trying to cover. They and just they, take two and, mid-range and jumpers. And they're not fouling, so 74-69, to going to be your final score here. Uh, game goes under the total. Uh, Bill Self gets a win, and uh, I think that actually covered the second half number two because it was five and a half. Five and a half. Wow. That shot by Cincinnati covered the second and a half. It was tied at halftime. Kansas wins by five. (laughs) Two mid-range jumpers. That was a a sweater amongst uh, many there. And uh, so uh, that is a final score. Meanwhile, uh, we'll see if this is the game winner. Uh, KD with the jumper uh, here with 1.6 left to go. Suns 115 over to 113 over the Bulls. Bulls were up the majority of this game. Phoenix has had to have a ferocious comeback. Uh, uh, KD big number last night, and he has 43 tonight to lead the Phoenix Suns. Uh, back to the NFL just for a minute before we uh, do some more hoops. Chargers met with Jim Harbaugh for the second time, so we're getting a lot of these second interview. Mm-hmm. situations here. How many times has Bill Belichick interviewed for the Atlanta job? About 16? Twice. At least twice, right? Yes, you would think so. That was that was from my, I think, I think that was an old photo, though, that Chick-fil-A photo. I didn't see it. What was it? Uh, Bill Belichick was at the counter at Chick-fil-A in like a suit. I didn't see that one. Yeah, it was uh, circulating amongst the uh, social Chick-fil-A's media. Chick-fil-A's big in Atlanta. Yes. Yeah, so... Uh, Chargers meeting with Harbaugh, Falcons, Belichick. Those those jobs seem to make a lot of sense for those uh, two coaches and franchises. This one didn't make sense to me today. The Chicago Bears hired an offensive coordinator. Did you see this? Mm-hmm. Bears hired the Seahawks. Shane Waldron as OC. And if you look at the Seahawks' offensive numbers and the Bears' offensive numbers from last season, the Bears had a better offense. I'm not really sure why the Bears hired Shane Waldron to be their OC. Yeah, it did kind of come out of left field because we were hearing uh, Cliff Kingsbury and yeah. we were hearing uh, Kellen Moore. You're hearing some of these names like Kingsbury and Moore, and you're thinking, okay, the uh, Bears are preparing to draft Caleb Williams, number one. They're going to get Cliff Kingsbury's OC. That's something you could get behind. Yeah. And now you get Shane Waldron as OC. Well, uh, look, look obviously know. last year – is what they're basing this on because, you know, he helped resurrect Geno Smith's career. You know, uh, they, they wrote me off, but I didn't write back uh, the great Geno Smith line there. And he did resurrect. Now he's going to have a chance to, you know, either resurrect Justin Fields or work with uh, uh, the number one quarterback, presumably Caleb Williams. Yeah, I would be surprised if it's not Caleb Williams as a top pick. I do think LSU's Jaden Daniels is going to rock it up to draft I, I do, too. I do, too. He's kind of the one I like the best of those three, which Drake may, of course, be in the third. But we got a lot of time between now and the draft, and those uh, props, aside from the first overall pick, you're not going to find up there uh, right now. Wes, I do want to talk college basketball for Tuesday. we got a big card. On the Tuesday show, we're going to have uh, Mac Grill of DraftKings. we got to talk Torrey Pines golf. And the college hoops with grill, we have to do it tomorrow because the Torrey Pines event starts on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We've also got Stephen Hennessy of Golf Digest on tomorrow night. And Aaron Moore, sports media professor, VSIN contributor, is going to be on to talk college hoops tomorrow night. You know, we talk futures a lot with uh, Aaron Moore. The player of the year race in college hoops stretched out a little bit over the past week because Purdue and Zach Eady had a big week. I saw this from uh, John Ewing at BetMGM. Last week, Zach Eady was $5, minus 500 favorite to be the uh, player of the year. And that's up to minus 1,000 this week. He put put up uh, two 30-point games with, uh, I think, 18 rebounds and 14 rebounds and wins at Indiana and Iowa. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Purdue's back in action against Michigan uh, tomorrow. I mean, this is a bad Michigan team that does not have Doug McDaniel, star freshman, for road games right now. He's suspended. Purdue opens minus 18. That's about the number I thought yeah, we were going to Yeah, and, and I, I think I think he got hit a little bit uh, so far with some of these overnights uh, getting out a little bit earlier. Gosh, I, P- Purdue, look, 
they can play close to the number, though. I, th- I think Penn State might have even covered when Purdue had 95. Oh, I, to- I told you what happened there. The, the kid on the end of the bench fell down, yeah. lost the ball. Penn State got a yeah, fast that, break that, and scored to cover the that's number. That's the thing, end. too. Yeah. Uh, the game against Illinois, too, where they should have blown him out. They let up a little bit, and <laughs> Illinois kept fighting. So it's always a little bit risky here. Cause, well, uh, here's, here's another thing. You were talking about Kansas playing the starters so many minutes tonight. When you're Matt Painter right now, you want to give those starters a little bit of a break. You yeah. don't want to you don't want to play Zach. No, you don't want to pound them into March. That's why you right. got to play those, uh, you know, eighth, ninth, and tenth guys. You got to play Miles Colvin and, uh, and sometimes and Caleb First and those guys. Right. That might be why you want to look at a first half mm-hmm. and play it instead of the game when you're talking about a team like Purdue. Cer- right? Certainly. How certainly. about uh, Wisconsin laying three and a half at Minnesota tomorrow night? I actually like I actually like the Gophers here. Uh, Go Gophers. Uh, they've been better, Matt. They have been better this year, and I thought that they were going to be improved just simply because they actually have a little bit of depth now. They they had to play so shorthanded and injured. They've lost three in a row. They started three and one. They lose at Indiana, lose at home on Martin Luther King Day last Monday to Iowa, and then lose by 10 at Michigan State, even though they get within the number. But they didn't have to play over the weekend, so they had a couple extra days off. Uh, Wisconsin Wisconsin, 91 to 79 over Indiana. Indiana, I believe, shot like 70-some percent in the second half and still you know, needed a three at the buzzer, basically to cover, depending on your number. But uh, this Wisconsin defense is not what we're used to seeing with the defense. Now, they always get power rated high because Ken Palm you know, values that tempo and whatnot. But this Wisconsin defense can be had. I like the Gophers here. Gophers or golfers? Well, if they kill all the golfers, they'll put us all away. We got more Big Ten basketball. We got Texas, Oklahoma, Duke in action. We'll talk more about the uh, Tuesday College Hoops card when we come back. This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, welcome back. Don't forget to check out the new vcin.com website. Very popular, the redesign. Anyway, Wes, let's talk about college hoops. And uh, we've been talking a little uh, Big Ten, Michigan at Purdue, Wisconsin and Minnesota. How about Ohio State at Nebraska? Uh, Huskers got a win they had to have over the weekend. You can't lose home games if you're a so-called bubble team, mm-hmm. even though we're in January. Nebraska here, a three, three-and-a-half point home favorite over the Buckeyes and Nebraska got the win and cover against Northwestern. Man, I've been really disappointed in this Ohio State. Team. Yeah, and you got to get wins on the road in conference play too. Which Ohio State's got a lot of quality wins. I I think they'd be in the tournament today, but they don't look like I was saying. There are three teams that look like locked tournament teams in the Big Ten: Purdue, Illinois, and Wisconsin. There's going to be more. Ohio State does, I mean, they have that win over Alabama, which is going to be the gift that keeps on giving as they maybe get pushed closer to the bubble. Uh, but they stopped the bleeding against Penn State. That Actually, they should have swept Penn State. Remember then in December, they blew that big lead uh, there in State College. So they're three and four in, in the Big Ten. You have Nebraska, who has been uh, a nightmare for most teams at home. Uh, already beaten Purdue. Beat already beaten State. the Purple Cats. Already beat Michigan State. Uh, only team that beat them there was uh, was Creighton by a lot earlier this year. So number number looks at least at first glance, uh, you know, relative, relatively bright to me. I might have made it three here. So I'm trying to see what the uh, overnight number was uh, because obviously these are moving as we speak. Okay, it did open two and a half, so it's gone up to three, three and a half. I think you'll see buyback in the afternoon on Ohio State at three and a half and perhaps even four if it gets there. Yeah, I don't want the Buckeyes there. I, I don't really either. <laughs> I don't really either. And, and look, uh, this was a team that I thought was going to be maybe the sleeper in the conference, and they still may, might be because – they did add Jamison Battle, remember, played it at Minnesota, who gives them a veteran presence. Uh, the kid Mahaffey from Penn State, uh, more of a defender, not really a scoring threat. But they run, they, they do move the ball a little bit better offensively just because they don't have Sensiball. Sensiball was like an exclusive ISO player. Overrated freshman. Yeah, he was an exclusive ISO player. But, you know, you have a pretty talented backcourt there with Roddy Gale and with Bruce Thornton. Uh, you know, Zed Key, kind of a, you know, big wide body. They've been playing Akpara, obviously, a lot more because of his length. And, you know, he's more of a shot blocker and above the rim player than Zed Key. So 
the people I talked to at Ohio State, they're getting kind of restless with Chris Holtman yeah, right think now. So? They are. That's been the story the last two years. They are, yeah. and, and there's a reason why Chris Holtman and you know his agent they've uh, put out feelers to other schools like uh, DePaul. You know, yeah, maybe not DePaul, but uh, some other schools out there. You know, to maybe have a landing spot because Holtman. Uh, look, we both have talked about West this. Virginia. Like, yeah, West maybe West Virginia. We both talked about the fact that. We liked him at Butler when he came in from Gardner-Webb, got the interim job uh, after Brandon Miller. And, you know, I think had some quality teams there at Butler. So I thought, okay, this guy's going to be a home run at Ohio State. And he's just kind of been like, eh, okay. But a single. Yes, yes. Bryce Sensabaugh was, uh, I think, Florida's Mr. Basketball. He was Mm -hmm. a five-star, right? Yes. He he went to Ohio State last year. and I saw him play in Maui. And uh, he's not always cracked up to be. You know, you read all this hype, and then you see a player. I think he's good. He's a good scorer. He's a high, one of those guys that seems like he's got to be a high-volume shooter. Mm-hmm. He was the 28th overall pick by the Utah Jazz. He's averaging 1.3 yeah, points. Yeah, he's not really playing much. He's got a long way to go, and you could tell that last year at Ohio mm-hmm. State. Yeah, yeah, without, without question. Sometimes so. you're better off not getting those five-star guys who are just looking to play there one year and, and you know, be a draft yeah, pick. Look, you, you got to be about your business. Doesn't help your program that much. Because that's the different thing with like Jalen Huchifino, who's, you know, getting kind of spot minutes for the Lakers right now. He struggled a little bit out of the gate, and then he finally realized, okay, I know why I'm here. I want to help this team win games, but I want to get to the NBA. And he was about his business. And you saw a different player in the second half of the season, especially in conference play. So that's what you got to be. You got to be about about your business. You can't just be, okay, I'm going to the league, and I know I'm going to get drafted, so I'm not invested in the program. Got some good games tomorrow to talk about. So I said Duke's in action off a bad loss. that loss to Pitt? Well, had two starters out. Duke had they two did. starters out. They did. Duke is a uh, still a 12-and-a-half-point home favorite against Pitt and shouldn't have lost a game, but two starters were out for the Blue Devils in that one. Now they are on the road at Louisville as 14-point favorites, and I'm not sure who Duke's going to have on the floor for this one. Yeah, so uh, monitor the injuries here. <laughs> Louisville actually has not been the total dreg of humanity that they were in, in non-conference play. They've actually won a couple conference games. Uh, what they win two last year? Mm-hmm. So I, I, they haven't quite matched it yet, but they did win at Miami. They were competitive against NC State at home. This is still not a great team. They just got blown out at Wake Forest over the weekend. So there's going to be changes made uh, very soon, probably after the season down there in Louisville. Well, Louisville's going to get a good coach. It could be Dusty May. It could be Dusty May. It could be uh, Louisville's Will Wade. One, Louisville's one of the best programs in the damn country when you money. look at the resources and the tradition. Money, like, Louisville should never reach this depth, ever. Well, that's what happens when you make the wrong coaching hire. Yeah. Yeah, and you run away a lot of the money guys because there were a lot of money guys that were, uh, that were attached with uh, Rick Pitino. And then it obviously didn't go well with Chris Mack. Down there, and then the I whole thing with him and, him and Dino Gaudio and sure. all that stuff. I thought Chris Mack was going to be a good hire, and it looked that way for a little bit, but it mm-hmm. looked sideways on him. How about Kentucky, since we're talking about Louisville? About and we talked number? about Kentucky to open the show tonight, too, uh, when we were talking about teams on the rise in college hoops. Now with the seven foot two Croatian, Big Z eligible. A lot of hype around this team. Kentucky opens a four-point favorite at South Carolina. Gamecocks off a big win at Arkansas. Boy, man, I, I don't know what to do with this because this this looks like low-hanging fruit yeah. to lay Kentucky, it doesn't like it? Kentucky's going to be a public side. Yeah, yeah. Re- remember, remember by the way, South Carolina who, uh, went 11-21 and 21, uh, last year. That was uh, Lamont Paris's first season, much better in his second year. South Carolina won at Kentucky. At Rub, 71, uh, 71 to 68 last year. So, yeah, I, I think this number's going up, so I would I would wait on it a little bit. This South Carolina team, by the way, this is going to be tempo versus tempo. They are 348 in tempo. Remember what I said earlier, Lamont Paris comes from that Bo Ryan coaching tree uh, uh, there at Wisconsin, uh, and he was, at, he was at Chattanooga, got them to the NCAA tournament in 2022, uh, so uh, obviously moved, moved on from there. But, yeah, Bo Ryan, disciple, uh, slow the tempo a little bit, you know, take Kentucky, the shot clock down. Take Kentucky out of its game. Exactly, and, and style, that's what they're going to do. Style difference, this has got upset written all over. And, and, they're, and they're a team that takes a lot of threes, too. This is the type of game where Kentucky's really getting hyped. Mm-hmm. 
and yeah, the public's going to want to get behind Kentucky. Everybody's fired up. Look at the talent on this team. I mean, it's hard to bet against Kentucky, and this is probably going to be the spot where the home dog is the right side. Yeah, and and, and, and that's what worries me. Uh, you know, not long term, but we're yeah. going obviously game by game basis. Uh, that's what would worry me a little bit with Kentucky laying on on the road here. Uh, I'm not going to weigh it. It's probably going to be a stay away game. Very intriguing spot, though, for Kentucky with all the hype around mm-hmm. this team right now. Yeah, uh, uh, Paris, <clears throat> by the way, he coached with uh, Keith Dambrot at, at Akron and then obviously with uh, Bo Ryan. Uh, uh, speaking of Keith Dambrot, i got to give a shout-out. I believe that they did cover on Saturday. Ron Skinny Boyles was in with us last week Duquesne. and talked about Duquesne. Yeah. And Duquesne, they have lost five games in a row, by the way. They did cover, lost by two at St. Joe. Plus six and a half. Yeah. Yep. yeah, so I'm wondering if this is the spot or do we wait when the schedule – because Duquesne has played like a really tough schedule early on in the A-10. They've had to play Dayton at home. They had to play Richmond. They had to play St. Joe. They haven't played one of the lower teams. Now they're getting St. Bonaventure, who's one of the probably top four teams in the conference, and they're getting them at home, and this is a team that's lost five in a row, and they're laying. Two and a half. Yeah, it has gone down a little bit. This was three and a half, so I wonder. There's going to be – I think Skinny is right in terms of, you know, maybe Duquesne is one of those teams that are better. If you listen to Skinny, you'd be 1-0 right now because Duquesne covered on Saturday. Covered against St. Joe. Had a chance to win the game. St. Joe, by the way, hit a tip-in at the buzzer by the way, to win that game. So uh, uh, did cover, didn't get the outright. But that's an interesting spot. Uh, that's one of those teams that I might be targeting here when they start to play the weaker teams in the conference. Texas, Oklahoma, TCU, Oklahoma State. Uh, we got Houston, a BYU. How about that? We got to talk about that game. And uh, a couple in the Mountain West, Boise, Fresno, and Air Force. UNLV. Texas got that buzzer beater win for us on Saturday, laying that money line against Baylor. That was uh, uh, Tyrese Hunter. I thought that they were going to blow that game on Saturday when I felt that they were the right side the whole time. It looked like the Longhorns were going to blow it, but they didn't. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more college hoops wrap-up to show in the golf best bets, and we're going to do a lot more golf on the Tuesday show with the Farmers Insurance Open at Torrey Pines starting on Wednesday this week instead of Thursday, and that schedule adjustment is because of the two NFL games on Sunday. Don't want to go up against the NFL with your golf coverage. No, would not be a good idea. We're also going to uh, mention something uh, – about NFL betting that you'll find interesting when we come back here in a couple minutes on VSIN tonight and close the show. This is the Sports Betting Network. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals, each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media. 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN tonight with Matt Humans and Wes Reynolds on VSIN, the sports betting network. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner in the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that will help make the playoffs better. New players can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VSIN. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook, promo code VSIN. All right, Evan Abrams does a great job throwing up uh, point spread information on uh, Twitter. A uh, researcher and uh, used to be with ESPN Stats and Info. How about this? The Chiefs open, and they are right now three-and-a-half-point underdogs to the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. Mm -hmm. This is the sixth time Patrick Mahomes has opened plus three or higher. He's 5-0 and against the spread in those games. You were the one who said in the super, before the Super Bowl, you're getting Mahomes as an underdog. I feel like you got to play it. And you were right. I bet Mahomes is an underdog last week against the Bills. Do you stick with Mahomes this week? Sounds like you're leading the Ravens. Well, I am. Uh, um, you know, it'd be money line, though, not the spread. Uh, Lamar Jackson has his own pretty good trend, too. 22-6 and six against the number when favored by three or less or as an underdog. But now it's three and a half. Uh, by the way, Ravens 6-1 and one in those games this season. The lone loss with that number was uh, when they rested their starters week 18 uh, at Pittsburgh. But when uh, Lamar Jackson, a three-and-a-half or more point favorite, just 22-31. and 31 against the number so that three has been a really I mean you talk about it being a key number but that's been a key number in terms of, of the trend but I do think and I I know we had Johnny Avello on from DraftKings uh, in the first hour of the program I think that you're going to see some threes with juice I think that there's going to be some support for Kansas City at three and a half and drive this down to three so I think if you've missed a three on the Ravens you're going to have a chance to lay it if you want to. I've already bet the plus three and a half on the Chiefs. I was afraid that hook might disappear, but it's still out there right now. And that, and, and let me ask you, is that just kind of like taking the number? Yeah. I maybe mainly, you know. I can get off it later if I need yeah. to. But I I'd actually probably will stick with the three and a half. But right. you can also, with three and a half, you also give yourself a chance if you want to, to bet the money line on the Ravens. And who knows what you want to do later in the week with it. But three and a half. It was the best number I thought you were possibly going to get on the Chiefs here. I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. three with juice. That's where I thought this number was going to sit. Yeah, I, I did too. I was a little bit surprised that ball, I thought Baltimore might get support from some wise guys perhaps later in the week, but uh, it came right away. Usually when these numbers come out too, Matt, I like them to settle a little bit. Like I, don't, you know, I know a lot of guys like to immediately jump on an opener. But sometimes you can wait and, and don't feel like you know, sometimes the number will be gone, but don't feel like you may be, especially with games that are going to do this kind of handle uh-huh. and this kind of business. Don't fear that maybe you won't get that number again. And, and I think that could happen here with Baltimore. You know, I talked uh, in the first hour of tonight's show, you can catch all the show replays of com. The Bills lose to the Chiefs, and a lot of people are going to blame it on the kicker. I blame it on Sean McDermott with a couple of bonehead calls, and Josh Allen with making the wrong reads and bad throws on second down and third down and nine at the 25-yard line with under two minutes to go. You don't take the underneath stuff and run the clock and get the first down. You're taking a shot at the end zone. Well, that's the last thing you should do right there. Uh, get the first down over the middle to Diggs, run the clock. Then you put the Chiefs in a real tight spot. So anyway, I think Allen made a big mistake. There was, some, there was a down. fear factor there, certainly, um, you know, with uh, – what happened years ago in that championship game, you know, that divisional round game, Gosh. I should say. when You can't give the Chiefs that much time. You can't score early and give the Chiefs a bunch of time there. Yeah, like, no, you no. You can't do it. It's situational football. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand. Anyway, let's hear from Josh Allen quickly uh, post-game talking about the disappointment of the loss again. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a big change. I think it's just, again, we've got to find a way to score one more point than they do. And every season, if you don't win, it's it's failed season. 
that's the nature of the business. Um, you know, there's one one happy team at the end of the season, really. And uh, when it's not you, when you're and you're so close, it just it sucks. All right. So tomorrow night, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Texans and the Packers as we look ahead to the 2024 season because it's going to be interesting, Wes, to see. You know, we both liked the Packers last summer. Mm -hmm. I think we were a little bit ahead of the curve on that one. But now the betting market is probably going to be real high on the Texans and the Packers. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be too high. I think so. Uh, uh, But back to Buffalo. Back to Buffalo. And do you think the Bills need major changes? I think the defense needs a bunch of changes. Yes, they do. And and they've got some free agents. They've got a lot of, you know, 30-something guys. Uh, Mike Pritchard was on with Dave Ross and I on the look ahead last night. And uh, he pointed out, yeah, you can't run it back with this group. You've got to get younger on defense. Obviously, Josh Allen is going to be, you know, part of your core. But the the Chiefs have just had these guys' number, and sometimes the teams has your number like that. And you know that's what they always do. Mahomes always beats Josh Allen here, and John McDermott always gets beat by Reed, and that's what's happened. Uh, well, like the Bills had everything going their way too. They were at home. They I think got the beneficiary of a good whistle. You know, fumble lock. They got the touchback in the end zone after they go for it on the punt uh, with a Hamlin that doesn't get there. Had the home crowd, had the chances, had the opportunity, and they just blew it. Yep. Chiefs let him off the hook after that idiotic fake punt call by McDermott. And then uh, you get down to the end. Josh Allen said, you know, we just got to be one point better. Two years ago, you would have beat the Chiefs in Kansas City if Sean McDermott doesn't screw up the kickoff with mm-hmm. 13 seconds to go. This time, I think the Bills would have won the game if Josh Allen makes better decisions on second down and third down at the 25-yard line inside two minutes. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between winning and losing in the NFL, and you can't give teams like uh, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes a second chance. No, no, you can, and, and they certainly did. But the changes, I think, have got to be on the defensive end, and then probably, look, what are you going to do if receiver? Uh, you I, know, Stephon, Stephon Diggs is pulling that diva act. I'd get rid of Diggs. Yeah, Stephon, Stephon Diggs else. didn't make the plays. Look, they had that one deep shot to him. You right. know, we can Dropped blame Allen, and he dropped it. Dropped the ball. He dropped it, period. Let's talk about these uh, college hoops games to wrap up the show. we got plenty of NFL on tomorrow night's show. I do want to talk at length about the Packers, too, because that's going to be a fascinating situation in the offseason. How about Texas, Oklahoma? Longhorns off uh, an emotional week. With what happened with Rodney Terry in the UFC UCF situation, with horns down, and Rodney Terry making a, a clown of himself last week, well, the Longhorns beat Baylor at the buzzer. Now they go on the road to face Oklahoma. This number opened three and a half. It's up to four. I'm even seeing four and a half. And I mentioned Bobby Buckets Brubeck of Austin, Texas. He's got that good number on Illinois at ninety to one. He grabbed it before Terrence Shannon came back. He said he's laying the four here. With Oklahoma, Wes, this looks like a good spot to bet against Texas. This This is going to go up a little bit more, too, because I think, uh, you know, the power ratings guys, uh, some of those guys have it at seven, I believe. Now, usually I like to go against. Uh, I like to go more toward the number and not more toward the power rating guys more often than not, not every single time. So my initial, my initial in terms of that would be going with Texas, but I think I'm going to get a better number. If 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 I want to uh, uh, take the Longhorns here, Oklahoma Oklahoma has been a nice surprise this year. Porter Moser, uh, uh, you know, now now uh, Indiana fans because he uh, he did interview for that Indiana job when Archie Miller got let go, and uh, it was basically Woody or Porter Moser, and they went with Mike Woodson. Uh, uh, buyer's remorse, Matt. Buyer's remorse at, at least for me. Uh, look at what Porter Moser is doing uh, with this Oklahoma. He didn't group. do much last year, but he's got to go in this year. He, Fifteen he does. and three. It's been a good spread team in the 11s. Texas has been a terrible ATS team, 5-13. and 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, look, uh, uh, Oklahoma, and look, they're not exactly getting five stars either, but uh, they've worked the transfer portal pretty solid. Uh, remember, uh, uh, Texas did sweep Oklahoma last year too, beat them by one uh, 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 down there in, uh, in Norman, and also Texas lost by two in Austin. So, Maybe there is a little payback here for Oklahoma, you know, like, kind like of looking spot, at that. I like the spot for Oklahoma. I really don't want to lay the points. Yeah. I kind of feel like I want to be on Oklahoma in some way in this game against Texas. Could be, could be money line. Uh, you know, find a, find a dance mm. partner, some kind of favorite uh, 
on the board to uh, go. Hey, let's talk about this game quickly. Houston of BYU, Cougars open two-and-a-half-point favorites in Provo. This is a really good matchup too, Wes. How do you look at this? Yeah, uh, I, I think this is, a, this is about the, the about the right number for me because uh, Marriott Center is a tough place to win. And look, Houston – not used to, you know, going on the road in some of these spots. And the last two times, they've come up lame on the road. They yep. lost at Iowa State. They lost at TCU. This is another really tough environment. Uh, Houston got right, blew out Texas Tech, beat UCF. Should have covered against UCF, but kind of let the foot off the gas. They were up like 25, ended up winning by 15. So, uh, when in doubt, the better defense, and I think that better defense is Houston. They have one of the best ones in the country. But BYU is surprisingly high on the adjusted defensive efficiency mm-hmm. charts. They are. They're yeah. 20th. Houston, number one, though, in the defensive efficiency. Uh, uh, small lean to the, uh, the uh, Cougars from Texas, not the ones from Utah. Say, go yeah. with the Cougars. You yeah, can't yeah, lose. Yeah, I know. Lean yeah. to the Cougars. There you go. Thanks to Johnny Avello, DraftKings Sportsbook Director, for guesting on tonight's show. Great Hoops Peterson. Next. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.